Come on in the room. Come in the room. It's Friday. It's the day that we come together. We break bread. We come together. And we commune. We come together. And we hear what the Lord is speaking. What he has to say to us. Today is a great day. It's Friday. We are headed into the Feast of Tabernacles. If anyone is familiar with God's calendar, with the Hebrew calendar, this is a very, very, very holy time um, throughout Israel and different places in the world as we have come and we have done um, examinations of our souls, of our hearts, of our year to see where we fell short, where we didn't get it right, where we missed the mark. But how many of us know that God is a gracious and merciful and loving God and we get opportunities through the blood of Jesus Christ to come back unto him. Amen. And we can do that at any time. But this time is, is especially um, anointed and ordained because this is the time he ordained to come and have a meeting with you, right? This is the time that we can reset. We just embarked on Rosh Hashanah, the, Jew, the Hebrew New Year. And so this is a new year, a new beginning. And we don't want to go into this new year the same. Uh, if we know there are things that we needed to we needed to change and a mindset we needed to renew or some things we needed to release, right? The word tell us to lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. This is a moment in time where we collectively, corporately, and individually can come to God and we can get a reset. And we can go and before him and seek him for forgiveness. And we know the word tell us he's just to forgive. Right? He's just to forgive and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Amen. I don't know about you, but I know I want to go into a new year, but I want to go into the rest of my life really living a life worth pleasing the Father. Really living a life that represents the kingdom of heaven and represents our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And there are areas of my life where I fell short. There are things that I could have done better. There are things that I didn't do right. There are times I just blatantly sinned, right? There are times where I was disobedient, right? A lot of times we try to think that partial obedience gives us a little point on the on the board, but it really doesn't because disobedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. Say no mistake about it. But it doesn't matter. God is not here to condemn you because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hence, in Christ Jesus. And so you get this, you get the opportunity between you and God to say, Lord, this is where I fell short. This is what I did, Lord. This is what I know that the Holy Spirit revealed to me that I, 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 I didn't do the right thing. I didn't make the right decision. This is where I rebelled against you or this is where I was disobedient. This is where, you know, I didn't love my neighbor as myself. This is where, you know, I was gossiping and slandering about my brethren. This is where I wasn't merciful and forgiving, right? Whatever it is, we get an opportunity to come back to the Father. Amen. And that is exactly what he is wanting us to do. Like the prodigal son um, in Luke, I believe Luke 15, um, where we can come back into the Father's arms. Even if we've gone astray, even if we've gotten off course, even if we tried to do it our own way and do our own thing. The prodigal son, he wanted his inheritance, you know, before he was really supposed to get it because he just wanted to go do his own thing. We're like that too. You know, we may not look at ourselves as the prodigal son because maybe we don't feel like, oh, we've asked for our inheritance and we went out and squandered it with harlots and did all these things. But it's, it's the same thing when we just want to make our own decisions and we do things based on our own will or our own desires and we don't seek God first, right? The Bible tells us to seek the kingdom first and all this righteousness and all these things shall be added unto us. But sometimes in our flesh, we do what we want to do. So we become prodigal. Sometimes we just totally backslide and we just fall away from the faith, right? We're not even living a life um, as, as a believer. You know, we've gotten off course. We've indulged in some other things. But we have a God and we have a Savior through his blood, through his shed blood on Calvary. We have the ability to come back into the Father's arms. So I do, um, I urge anyone today who are come, listen to the replay or come into the room, if that is you, if you know you have fallen away, if you know you feel like you've been a prodigal, you know that you just haven't been living your life according to the word or you haven't been connected with God, you feel like, you know, you've gotten really far, uh, you far off and you feel like, you know, that you can't even hear God no more, you can't sense him no more. You know, you can come back to the Father's arms. You can get back in right standing. You can go before him with a sincere heart. And you can confess your sins and ask for forgiveness. 
and he is he will forget it as far as the east is from the west. He'll put it in the small of his back where it exists to him no more. So we thank him for Yeshua. This is one of my favorite songs, Yeshua. It is just such a powerful song. It's a very simple song, but it has so much power just in the words, the melody, um, and just and even in the in, in the way that they sing it, it. It just takes you there. It just really takes, at least me, it just gets me right into the presence of God. Sometimes when we feel far from Him, we might need to go into worship. Sometimes we need to go into worship and pray. Because when you get in worship, everything that's trying to distract you and take your energy and your time and, you know, trying to just, you know, bombard you, overwhelm you with all of these problems and circumstances and situations, you get in worship and that stuff just kind of just, that worship will wash it away. It'll wash it away. So I love to get in worship because that is my favorite place. Whether I feel disconnected, whether I feel like I'm I'm not as close or I just need to be into the presence of God. Or I just want to worship. You know, that is what I, what I do. Sometimes I go into worship if I can't pray. So the Bible tells us that the, uh, the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit, that He will intercede for us with moanings and groanings that cannot be understood. Sometimes we don't even know what to pray. And there are times I don't know what to pray, so I go into worship, and I always feel better. And so I, I, I started starting the podcast in worship or with a worship song or where however I feel the Lord is leading me. Um, just because I think it's so important that we set the atmosphere. Because I don't know if you can't have it noticed, but it's not just your, your average podcast. This is not a podcast where I'm coming and just giving you a bunch of my opinions or a bunch of information. This podcast has been dedicated and consecrated unto the Lord. And he has a full reign and he, he has his way for him to come and him to speak and minister or give a word or encourage, exhort, convict, whatever it is he wants to do to and through me. Um, I give him the absolute um, full authority to do so. Amen. And so everything is unto him. Everything is unto him. This podcast is unto him. I know it's called Purity, Purity After Promiscuity. He gave me that title. Uh, and because it's so multifaceted, it has, it's not just about a sexual past. We're promiscuous when we worship other idols, when we prostitute ourselves to other idols, right? When we worship things like money or things like marriage or things like, you know, a person or things like, you know, a desire, a dream, whatever it is. We were promiscuous because now we're cheating on God. But he wants to be our only source, right? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. So every time that we go and we go and we get into a relationship where we try to make a covenant with something other than God, we're adulterous. This is why he constantly was referring to the children of Israel as adulterers. Because they were in covenant with him. And a covenant is nothing more than a vow. It's nothing more than a contract or what we consider a, a, a marriage, right? They were in covenant with him. They had made an agreement with him. And they broke their agreement by cheating on him. So a lot of times we cheat on God, whether we know it or not. We cheat on God with, you know, with giving other things our time. Giving other things our heart, right? And we begin to seek after and search after and desire and put all our energy and our time into these things where God is supposed to be number one. And so he gave me this title, yes, because that is a part of my story. And he wants me to be able to give hope to those other women who may have had that same experience, who also may have had some um, a sexual past that they're not proud of. And that's okay because God is a redeemer, right? And God is saying, you don't have to stay that way. But it's also for those who have been prom promiscuous spiritually, who have indulged in other things, whether it's other beliefs, other faiths, other practices, or just taking other things that maybe something God promised you and you turned it into an idol. Maybe there's a, there's, you know, an attitude, you know, maybe sometimes we turn our trauma into idols where we don't know how to let go. I don't even know how I got on this, got here, but maybe we don't know how to let go of a situation. Maybe we don't know how to let go of something that happened to us. And yes, maybe it was traumatic. Yes, maybe it was hurt and it caused a deep wound. Maybe we had to go through a lot of, you know, process of healing and, and, and being made whole back from that certain circumstance. But some people get stuck there and they don't let it go. And every conversation they have or every thought that they have is centered around that trauma. You know, so now you can make your trauma an idol, right? 
anything, anything can become an idol when we put it above God. And so, um, this is a, this is a podcast where God is going to speak to us in so many different ways, in so many different areas of our life. And so we don't want to be, you know, just stuck on the title, right? Because the title is nothing more than a start. We never know what God is going to do. I never know what God is going to do, but I want to welcome you all. I want to welcome everyone to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we are redefining a woman's worth. I am your host, Janelle Renee. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of you guys who will join me here in the room. I thank you so much for your support. I thank you so much for your presence. You are so, it doesn't go unnoticed, and you are so um, appreciated. And for everyone who will listen to replay, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening and supporting. I pray that it blesses you, that you receive something out of it, that it encourages you, that God is able to speak to your particular situation, and that in all things, God is glorified. And so, yes, we're going to get into it. Faith in the unknown. This is a subject that can be so taboo because, you know, a lot of us, at least I can speak for myself, don't like the unknown. I don't. And and how many of us know that in this walk, in this journey with the Lord, it's a lot of unknown, right? He don't give us the full picture. He don't give us all the details. He don't give us every step. You know, with him, it's like, you know, you do one thing and then he gave you another or he tell you to do something, but it's just a, a piece of the puzzle, but you don't see the whole picture yet. Right. And a lot of times when God begins to really do and move in our life and he gives us instructions or he give us a word or give us a promise and he confirmed that thing and he didn't told you and you had a sign you have revelation you had a prophetic word you have all of these things that are that are meant to build your faith in what god told you but it doesn't uh it doesn't take away from the fact that you still don't know all the details. You still don't see the full picture. You still don't know how it's going to happen, right? That is normally how God works. And I know for me, that was very annoying. <laughs> when I really got to live in my life truly, um, and I wanted to live, walk this walk in, in righteousness, and I really wanted to get serious about my own soul salvation, and I came to the realization that I ain't going to know a lot of things, and I'm really going to have to do what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 5 and 7, you walk by faith and not by sight. Um, You know, that thing was kind of like, what? How? Why? You know, and so for me, uh, I did, a, I struggled. I, I struggled a lot in that because i like to know, you know, there are some people who your mind is just logical, it's reasonable, you're analytical, and so you like to see things in black and white. That's your girl, okay? So when you have that kind of mind, the whole, you know, uh, idea of faith um, in its truest essence and form is very difficult for you to reconcile in your mind because faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. It's the unknown, right? And so here I am walking with God on this journey. It reminds me of Abraham when God said, okay, hey, get up, get all, you know, your possessions, get your household, get what you need, you know, what belongs to you. And I need you to get up and go. Like, has God ever done that to you? Because I know he's done that to me. He's like, Oh, I just need you to get up and go do this. It may not have been, I need you to leave your whole family, your father's house, your house, your, your, you know, your, your land and go where I'm going to show you. But God will sometimes just tell you to leave your job. He might just tell you to move out your house. He might just tell you to go to another place. He might just tell you to, you know, start a business. He might just tell you to start a podcast. He might just tell you to end a relationship. He may tell you to get into a relationship. He may tell you to make a connection, right? He may just out of the blue come and drop a bomb on you like, hey, I want you to do this. And then it's like, then he dropped the mic and he go on about his business. And you're like, wait, but what about how is this? And what do I do? And okay, like how how what's the end result like what you know you get to your mind get to wanting to understand and, and make sense of it right but that's not faith because faith is you having this you're having a confident hope a trust in someone or something you're trusting and having a confident hope in what god has told you knowing that he's not going to fail you 
but we say these things as believers. Thank Hi, uh, Jonina. Thank you for joining the room. We're talking about faith in the unknown. And a lot of times we say these cliche scriptures like, oh, I'm walking by faith and not by sight or, oh, I'm trusting in the Lord or, you know, we say these things. But truly, if we honest with ourselves, when it comes down to really living it, that's another that is a whole other story. Like if God was to just come and visit you today, Jonina, and say, Jonina, I want you to get up, uproot your whole life. And I want you to just go and go to the place that I'm showing you. You're going to be like, okay, where am I going? How am I get there? Okay, like how much is it going to cost? Let me check my bank account. What if I got kids? What if I got a job? All these things is going to come into play. So when it really comes to walking with the Lord and having faith in the unknown, it's not as easy as it seems. But we know that with God, all things is possible. And see, we got to look at some of the people in the Bible who had to do this thing, right? Who had to really walk in the unknown in faith and had to truly trust God in blind blindly not knowing where God was leading them I can't even imagine how Abraham felt when God came and finally gave him his promised son and then God come you know years later and say okay I need you to get up and, and go to the mountain and sacrifice your son like we hear these stories but then it's like, do we really put ourselves in in, the, in their position to understand when God come and knock on our door and call us out here in the realm of faith? How are we supposed to navigate the unknown? Right. Even like David, can you imagine you not even looking to be anointed? You know, sometimes God would just come and knock on your door and just bless you with an anointing, bless you with a gift, bless you with something that you wasn't even looking for, that you wasn't even asking for. And then yet and still, you still don't understand how to manage it or you don't know how it's all going to unfold or you don't know, you know, how you're really going to um, walk in that thing. And so can you imagine David just doing this thing? He out here in the pasture, he tended to the sheep like he's always done. Next thing you know, they come to get him like, yo, David, we need you in the house. There's this guy, Samuel, here that he's supposed to be anointing the next king. None of us the king, so we need you to come in because God said the next king is here. So he go in. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But he go in, and then next thing you know, he's anointed as king. But he don't become king right then. He don't become king the next day. It's years before he actually walked into the manifestation of being the king of Israel, right? And so he had to really walk and have faith in the unknown. He had to have faith in those years where it didn't look like what God said. Have you ever had God tell you something or promise you something, but then nothing in your life starts looking like what God said? Are you able to still trust him? Like when, when David is then called called by his father to go take some some sandwiches and stuff and get a report from his brothers who were in the um the the israelite army and he go and wasn't even trying to get into a battle wasn't even trying to fight and defeat goliath but see that's something that happens when god puts his anointing on you sometimes you just be going about your life and then doors just open Right. Because everything in the journey is leading you to the destination. But just because in our humanness, we don't get to see the destination from the way God see it. See, he's looking at it. And he has a panoramic view of your life where we're looking here in the natural. We only see parts. And so it don't make sense to us. So David had no idea that him going what he's doing, what he probably always did. He probably always went and checked on and got a report from his brothers. He probably always went up there and took food to them because he was the youngest. And so now you got he, he's going to do something and next thing you know he's in a position where a door open and he has to fight a giant see because that's what being having faith in the unknown and that's what the anointing of God being on your life will do for you you will be going about your business and thinking you're going to do one thing and God will open a door for you and next thing you know you're finding yourself up against something that you wasn't even that you wasn't even looking for now he's in a position where he's he's the one who's going to take the initiative he's going to come against the giant Saul try to give him his armor and see that's what we got to understand too when we're walking in our own individual faith journey and when God put an anointing on you your anointing is to fit you and everything you need for the journey God has already provided it for you so there's no need for you to have to look like somebody else there's no need for you to have to sound like somebody else there's no need for you to have to fight like somebody else because God is giving you the anointing hey hey uh Lily God is giving you the anointing for whatever the journey is going to bring you like whatever giant you may have to fight or however you may have to move in faith or however you may have to 
you know, trust God in the process. He's giving you what you need in that. And so now David is going up and he decides, you know what, Saul, your armor don't fit me because God has given me my own anointing. So I got everything I need to fight this giant because God has prepared me because I've already had to fight a lion and I've already had to fight a bear. So I'm prepared to fight this giant in the name of my God. And then he goes do that and he do it with what God had already conditioned him to use. He used his slingshot and five smooth stones. Why? Because he had already been, he already had so much practice in using that same slingshot that it wasn't necessary for him to need something else. Sometimes we try to look outside of ourselves to accomplish what God has given us to do when God is saying, no, use what I've already conditioned you with. Use the tools that I've already given you. So if you a worshiper, don't go and try to worry about being, um, having to go into 25 hours of prayer. Prayer is good, but if you know that your grace is worship, when God push, takes you into the battle, you worship. If you know that you, it, yours is prayer, if you know that it's praise, right? Whatever it is for you, you don't need somebody else's tools to fight the giant or to fight the battle. You got to learn how to have your the faith in the unknown to know that everything you need, you got it. And he was able to defeat the giant with what he already had. But see, he didn't know he was going to fight a giant, but he still had the faith that God was with him. Sometimes we're going to encounter situations and circumstances that we didn't know was coming. We might have to fight a giant or be in a battle. But do you have faith in the unknown like that God is with you? He's right there with you, even in that place. Right. And so David goes on. He he and we know the story. He defeats Goliath and, you know, he's praised and he, you know, gets everything that the king was given, the one who was going to defeat the giant and all of that. So now not only was he anointed king, now he's being a victorious. He's done what nobody else could do. He's defeated this giant. And now, you know, he's gotten another taste of elevation, but he still has to go back to the pastor. Can you have faith in the unknown? Can you have faith if God did give you a promise and tell you that you was going to have this certain platform, tell you you was going to be a wife, tell you you were going to be a mother, tell you you're going to have this ministry, tell you you're going to have this business. Can you have faith in the unknown that even if the process don't look the way you think it's supposed to look, that you can stand and you can keep going in the process? See, David understood that. He didn't have to go right to the palace because he was anointed king because your anointing is your anointing. Nothing could take away the fact that he was anointed as the next king. It didn't matter how many more years that Saul was in position. See, that's what we got to realize. Yes, there are some times, there are some people that God has given you a promise or he's told you that you're going to be in a certain place or in a certain position. And it may look like somebody else already there. But I'm here to tell you that it, with them being in that position can't take away from the fact that you was anointed to take their position. See, so David knew God enough and he trusted that God enough that even in the unknown and even though he's experiencing all these highs and all these victories, he's been anointed as the next king. He was humble enough to go back to the pasture because it wasn't his time. It wasn't his time. And see, again, having faith in the unknown is submitting to the timing of God. Understanding that God has a process and a timing for everything. And if David was going to be overwhelmed or overtaken by the fact that he was anointed as king, he could have went and tried to put, put himself in position. But how many of us know that when you try to take God's, uh, that the will of God in your own hands, then you subject to ruining things because God has a particular journey. So you got to we got to learn to stand firm in the unknown. And so David goes back to the pasture and then here Saul gets a tormenting spirit. The Lord sends a tormenting spirit because Saul is in disobedience. He's in rebellion. He's full of pride. He ain't did what the Lord told him to do. And see, the Lord was already preparing to remove Saul. Oh, that's good. My God. See, we don't always need to see or should not always need to see what God is doing. When God is preparing the place for you, when God is preparing to take you to where he promised you, you got to have faith to know that he's working even when you don't see it. See, David was back in the pasture, but he didn't know that God was now sending a tormenting spirit upon Saul because of Saul's own wickedness, which was really the Lord starting to prepare to remove Saul out of position. So it was so important for David to stay in position 
That's having faith in the unknown. Staying in the position. Staying in the position. Even if you know the Lord told you you're going to be the next pastor. But you just, but right now you're just an armor bearer. Or right now you're just an usher. Or right now you're just a minister. Stay in position. Have faith in the unknown. Yeah, the Lord might have told you that you're going to get the promotion and you're going to be the, the next president of the company. Stay in position. Keep serving faithfully where you are. That's what David did. And that's what got David to the destination as king over Israel is he understood that he had to have faith, even though he didn't see it, even though everything in his life may have started to look a counterintuitive to what God had said, because now Saul has his tormenting spirit. David is David is being summoned. He has to go now play the harp for Saul. So if you look at this story, you see how David was constantly being exposed to where God was taking him. But David still had to have so much faith in the unknown of not knowing when was God, when God was going to permanently place him there, that even if he just got a taste, that he had to be able to humble himself to go back into his position until God was ready. And so now David's playing the harp for us for Saul. And so David keeps having this um, favor because how many of us know that the anointing on your life is going to bring favor? It's going to bring favor around with those that are around you. And he kept being summoned. And so now he is being called to, to play the heart for Saul and the tormented spirit is beginning to lift. And Saul recognized there's something about this boy. But see, Saul didn't have the revelation that when he that this is going to be the person who's going to take your place. But he understood that he recognized there was something about David and he understood what it, whatever was on David he needed. But he didn't know that what he was really doing is he was exposing David to David's future where he was going to be. See, so when you got faith in the unknown, even if God expose you to the level he said he's taking you even if God exposes you to the position even if he exposes you to the person women I know it's women on here I'm a woman and I believe in God to be married sometimes God will reveal to us who our husband is but maybe in the moment he's in a relationship now I ain't saying married because I don't believe God is going to show somebody about somebody who's married because that's a covenant. However, they could be in a relationship or they could be single or they could just be out here dating in these, in these streets. But it don't look like what, what God said. And so then you will find yourself trying to make it happen in your own, in your own ability. You'll try to go and you'll try to, you know, pursue him or you'll try to make yourself known or you'll jump in his DMs or you'll try to bring attention to yourself because you don't understand that it does not matter who is in position. It doesn't matter what he's doing. God's will is going to be done. But can you have faith in the unknown? Can you have faith in the process that God is going to do it in his perfect timing? So God did not, David did not have to elevate himself. He didn't have to go knock on no doors. He didn't have to bring no attention to himself. What David did that I want, the one thing that I want us to, to really take away from today's podcast, the thing David did, which got him to his destiny was he was able to have the faith in the unknown to stay in position and to serve faithfully. That is how you have faith in the unknown. You stay wherever God placed you. Yes, God may have said you was going to be the next, you know, president, the next leader, the next whatever. I don't know. But whatever God has told you, when it's time, if you're in position, you're going to go to your destiny. You're going to go. But sometimes it's so difficult to have faith in the unknown because our natural mind wants to understand how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, who it's going to happen with, you know, what day is it going to happen? Okay, what's the steps? And, you know, we want all the information, but that's not faith because we got to have faith and in, in walk by faith and not by sight. So you, David had to already walk as a king, even though he wasn't in the palace. If you know you called to be a wife, do you already walk as a wife, even though you're not married? If you was called, if God is calling you to be a leader, right? If he's calling you to have some type of platform, if he's calling you to be an entrepreneur, if he's calling you to be a boss, if he's calling you whatever, are you already walking like that in faith? Because see, David had leadership characteristics, even though he wasn't the king yet. And this is why Israel always referred to him as their greatest king. And they always wanted a king back like David. 
because he had a heart like God. As we know, he's known after, as the man after God's own heart. He had a heart like God. He was faithful to God. He understood how to humble himself. He understood how to encourage himself. He was so totally submitted to God that when he had the opportunity to slay Saul and Saul wouldn't have seen it coming, he said, no, I shall not touch the Lord's anointed. It wasn't Saul. Saul wasn't the reason that he didn't take him out. It was his, uh, it was God. It was David's faithfulness and love for God. And see, when God sees your heart and when God sees that you're faithful in the unknown, when God sees that you are able to submit to the process and stay in position, it won't be long before you will be promoted. But what I feel in my spirit is the Lord is saying, don't be weary in well-doing and do not despise small beginnings. Like it tells us that in Zechariah, Zechariah 4, do not despise the day of small beginnings because even David started with small beginnings. He started in the pasture. If you do any research about a shepherd, we know that's not the great job. Like that's, that wasn't, you know, that was like the lowest level of a job to do. That's the job that most people didn't want because you just out there with the sheep all day, you cleaning up sheep dung, you chasing sheep they trying to get away you want to keep them into the sheep fold you might have to deal with some predators coming you know and that wasn't which that wasn't something that was to be that was you know to be prided of but David took pride in it because he understood that whatever his position was he wanted to do it unto the Lord so even if you feel like you're just a servant even if you feel like you know you're insignificant or what you doing don't matter look even if you feel like all you do is have a little you know prayer group of you and your friends even if you feel like all you do is, you know, have this little position at this job, even if all you feel like is what you're doing is significant. See, it's not significant to insignificant to God. What David was doing wasn't insignificant to him or God. He 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 had so much reverence and honor for what he did that even when he had to leave the sheep to go do what his father asked him to do, he made sure to have somebody Watch over the sheep for him till he came back. He did. He didn't just leave his post. So a lot of times we'll start getting called to do other things, right? You know, like I know for me, you know, I, I'm now starting to be called to speak at different places. But I can't. I can't just totally neglect the responsibility that God has already given me. Like I can't. I can't not do the podcast on Friday at two o'clock or whatever time on Friday because I got another opportunity. I got to make sure that I'm able to schedule these other opportunities around what God already told me to do. Because when God come looking for me, I want to be in position and I want to be found faithful. Even in the unknown, even though I know the promises of God, even though I know the calling on my life, even though I know the anointing that I have, I still can't allow that to get me so intoxicated with the with trying to ascend or trying to get to the next level that I that I um, start neglecting what God has already told me to do here. So I have to have faith in the unknown that when it's time, when God wants to fully release me to go and do the things he want me to do and be who he called me to be and impact who he called me to impact, that as long as I'm in position, he going to come find me. I don't have to make myself known. He going to come find you. And that's what having faith in the unknown is all about. It's about being in position and not doing it grudgingly, not feeling like, oh, complaining, like murmuring, like, oh, I can't stand this. Let me tell y'all. And I've said it before. When I first started this podcast, I would have no listeners, none. I didn't know nothing about a podcast. I had no experience with a podcast. I didn't even listen to podcasts, really. So it was something so new. It was something so scary. I really didn't want to do it. I didn't feel like I was qualified. I didn't feel like people would even want to listen to me. But I made a choice to be faithful over what God told me to do. My God, hear me now. And here it is over a year. And I still don't have the amount of subscribers or the amount of listeners that in my mind I thought I would. Because anytime God tell you to do something, at least for me, when God speak to me and tell me to do something, I automatically assume that thing about to blow up. Like that this that like I'm about to start doing podcasts and they say, you know, I'm gonna have millions of followers. It's gonna be international, worldwide, it's gonna be top, you know, in the in podcast category and all that. Because you're like, God, you told me to do this. 
And see, and that's the same thing. Like, I'm sure David felt at times when he was being, you know, overtaken um, by by grief because he was being, you know, chased and, and Saul wanted to kill him and, and Saul had turned on him and his friend had turned on him and he was running for his life and he had nowhere to go and he had to go hide in the cave and all of the things that David went through, but he still was anointed as king. I'm sure there were moments where he was like, Lord, but you said. Lord, you anointed me as king. How come I'm not king yet? How how come I'm running and having to get bread, you know, from the temple and, you know, having to, you know, do all the run for my life and have to run for my enemies? You know, if you read the Psalms, you see how David was going through. He wasn't, it wasn't a time of always rejoicing and joy when he had to go on his journey in the unknown. He was being attacked. He was being pursued. He was being, you know, chased about. He had to run for his life he had to hide he became a rebel an outlaw you know he had to live this get down how he had to live you know he didn't have a place to go like but he was anointed king see because sometimes the anointing on your life the enemy is going to bring opposition and it's just going to bring warfare so that promise God has given you, yes, he he meant it. Yes, he's not a man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. Yes, his word is not returned to him void. But the promise on your life is going to bring warfare. And see, David had to go through warfare in the unknown on the journey. And he went through it for years. Some of us can't barely take warfare for a few months and we were willing and wanting to throw in the towel. But when you're called to be a leader, you have to be able to endure. You, that's why the Bible says, let patience have its perfect work, you know, or many are the afflictions of the righteous, you know, because in, in the affliction or in the fire, you know, don't be, don't think it's not strange when you are under diverse um, trials or many, you know, trials because it produces character and hope and faith and perseverance, right? So if you know God has called you to do something great, there is certain, certain characteristics in you that the journey has to produce. So you have to have faith in the unknown. And even when you experience opposition, even when you experience warfare, you have to be able to hold on to your faith and stand firm because it's a part of the process if God allowed it. David had to encourage himself many times. He had psalm after psalm where you know he was crying out, lamenting in tears and agony, but he always ended it and coming back to himself and, and bringing it back to a place of rejoicing because he had faith in the unknown. He had faith that God was going to come through for him. He had faith that God was not going to fail him. He had faith that if God said, I'm going to be king, it doesn't matter how many years I'm out here running. It doesn't matter how the, nothing in my life is, is looking like what God said. It doesn't matter how who is in position, that if God said it, it's so. Do you have that kind of faith? Are you able to endure Right. Are you able to endure under the pressure, under the pressure of opposition, under the pressure of waiting? Because sometimes we abort the promise. Sometimes we abort, you know, the what God has the blessing because we don't want to wait. Some of us, we get tripped up in the wait. like Sarah, you know, Sarah began to get tripped up in the wait. Right. Can you imagine you already 65? So by human standards, even though at that time they was living hundreds of years, but still by 65, that was still like, OK, since your eggs is they 65. They old. like we born with the amount of old, the, the amount of eggs we going to have. And then God comes to your husband, who's not who is 75 and say to you, um, I'm, you're going to have a son. You're going to have a promised son. From your, you know, from your wife, I'm going to bless you with a son. And you're also going to be the father of many nations. You know, as many as the stars in the sky, you can count them. That's how many descendants. Like God didn't gave him this big grandiose promise, but he hadn't produced anything from his goings. Like, has God ever come to you and told you that you're going to just, he's, he's going to do all these great things, but you've never even produced what he's, nothing close to what he said. But see, they believed him in the onset, right? They had enough faith in the beginning to believe God. It, but over time, in the wait, Sarah began to get tripped up. And she, she began to allow her flesh and she began to allow impatience to come in and, and create doubt or to cause her to feel like she got to help God some kind of way. We know that God don't need our help. 
but she decided that because she couldn't wait no longer. See, that's why it's important to have faith in the unknown and be rooted and grounded in what God told you and to stay in position and to stay in faith and to trust God that he's not going to fail you no matter how long the earth can pass away. And everything that can be shaken and can pass away will, but the word will remain. His word is not going to return to him void. It don't matter how long it seemed like it's taken to produce. And see, if they would have had that revelation, they wouldn't have went and created an Ishmael. So now she created this Ishmael out of her impatience. And this this Ishmael began to come back to bite her because it became now Ishmael, when Isaac was born, was taunting and picking on Isaac. And, and she now was resenting that she even created the Ishmael because now she got the thing she wanted. And so, again, when we have faith in the unknown, we don't go out and we don't try to manufacture the promise in our own might. Right. Because Zechariah 4 tells us not by power, but, but not by might, but by your spit, my my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Like. God can do it. He don't need our help. But sometimes when we are getting weary or, you know, doubt coming in, because I've been there. I'm speaking to me, too, because there are things I have been waiting for years, for years for God to do that. I believe he spoke to my heart and he's confirmed it. But there are times, if I'm honest, that I tried to do it my own way. There's times where I tried to put myself in the position. There's times I tried to manufacture the very thing that God already promised me and it didn't end well. It didn't end well, just like with them, for with Ishmael, because Hagar and Ishmael, they ended up being casted out. They ended up being thrown out into the desert and, and Hagar thought she was going to die. She thought she was just going to sit over there and watch her son die of, of thirst because it was so hot and they had nothing to drink. And, and see, none of that would have happened if she would have never got involved in Sarah's trip up because it was Sarah that began to be tripped up in the way. Because sometimes we bring people into our lives or into the process that really wasn't supposed to be. And now they're impacted by our decision. And so when you don't have faith in the unknown, we begin to do things and then the consequence won't just affect us, but it may affect those around us. But if we're able to stand like David and not to say that David was a perfect person because he wasn't and not to say that he did it perfectly because we don't know the whole story because we only the Bible is not exhaustive. They are only we only see bits and pieces of David's life, but we can rest assured that whatever it entailed and wherever he may have gotten off course or wherever he may have, you know, dropped the bar, wherever he may have fallen short he came back quickly he got back quickly to God so even if that's you today where you feel like I gave you a promise maybe you started letting doubt come in maybe you start getting impatient maybe you went and made some decisions that you really shouldn't have made or you've done some things you shouldn't have did God is have he has his open arms for you today since you can come back you can repent you can tell God that you know you want to come back to him that you know you made this choice or you did this thing but you know you want to come back to him and you want to come back in his he will let you you're not it's not all lost but what we want to do is we want to be firmly rooted and grounded in faith and faith is the substance of things unseen right you don't always see the thing that you believe in for that's why it's faith I'm sure I don't know about you but I don't think I've ever went up into heaven and laid my eyes on God but I believe he exists that's faith I didn't see Jesus on the Christ on the cross crucified and I didn't see him nailed and pierced. I didn't see, you know, the blood come from his from his side. I didn't hear him say it is finished, but I believe he did it. I believe I'm saved. Come on. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. Yes, we know. Yeah, but see, that's what I'm saying. We We quote these scriptures and we know them, but do we believe them? Or when it tells us that we have to walk by faith, can you walk by faith when you don't know where God is leading you? Because we read the story of Abraham and that's really what he had to do. Do we have that? It sounds nice, right? It sounds nice to read it. It sounds nice, you know, to, to say we got it, but can we really do it? Can we really stay in position? Yes, God may have said that you his wife, but then you see that he with this other woman. She not his wife, she his girlfriend, but you see her in position. Can you just stay in position? Can you pray for them? Can you pray for her? Genuinely, right? Can you keep, can you keep allowing God to, to, 
perform his perfect work until he's ready for you to be where he called you to be. Can you stay and serve the very person that God told you that you're going to be in that position? Can you still keep serving that leader, even though you know God called you to be in that role? Can you keep serving them with joy, with gladness, right? Because those are the qualities that God's look for when he's ready to elevate us. He's looking for these qualities. He's looking for the endurance. He's looking for the patience. He's looking for the long suffering. He's looking for the self-control. He's looking for the faithfulness. He's looking for the commitment. He's looking for these, the fruit of the spirit, right? That is why we have the fruit of the spirit in there and we're constantly being pruned. Like in John 15, it's Jesus. It says Jesus is divine. We are the branches and the father is divine dresser and every branch that doesn't produce fruit what fruit is it talking about the fruit of the spirit every branch that doesn't produce fruit is cut off and cast away but every branch that produces fruit is pruned to produce even more fruit do you know what pruning is it's the act of cutting away what is not necessary to make room for more for more fruit or for more growth, right? So yes, sometimes you gotta go in the fire. Yes, sometimes you gotta be in the way. Yes, sometimes you gotta experience opposition. Yes, sometimes you gotta stay in a position that you that that you really don't look like it's a good it's a position that you really want, or it seems like it's a low position, or you may have to stay in a humble position. Yes, you may have to, but see, that is God pruning you to produce even more fruit so when he elevates you to that destiny into that promise that you can stand because they they have that saying i don't like that saying but this is saying new levels new devils i don't believe in that because i'm pretty sure that whatever devils there are they're just the same devils however i do believe another level of warfare will come see we have the um i think sometimes we have the false um, perception in our mind that when we get to that destiny when we get to that position when we get to that place when we occupy the promise that that it's just we're not going to come up against opposition in the promised land we know that's not true because israel had to go and they had the war for the promised land. And even as they entered in and they took possession of what God already said was there, there were still times they had to go and they had to fight. So don't think that because God finally will elevate you and he will place you where you're rightfully supposed to be, that there won't be another level of warfare. It will be. This is why God is training us on this level. So when you get to the next level, you don't crumble. It's easy to, to think you want to be a wife and you got it all together and you know how to be a wife when you're not a wife. It's another thing to actually be a wife. It's another thing to have to become one with someone. It's another thing to have to learn how to, you know, submit unto someone else's authority. It's another thing. Right. It's one thing to not be a leader and think you, you know, you would do this or that if you were the leader or think you can make this better decision until you in that role. It's a different thing. It's one thing to think you can be a pastor or think you can be a, a minister or think you can be a, a certain um, leader in ministry when you're not in that position and you don't understand the weight and the pressure that comes with that. That's why you got to have faith in the unknown that in this place, God is processing you. That is what I hear God saying so clearly in this place you're in. He's processing you. Because God don't do nothing without a process. He does all things decent, decently and in order. So if you are in a place of obscurity, you're in a place of a wilderness, you're in a place where you feel like, you know, you're experiencing opposition coming on every side or the enemy is coming like a flood or you don't really, you know, know what God is doing. Um, but, you know, you have this word, this promise you've been holding on to, but you're just kind of like, Lord, where are you? Where are you? He's like, daughter, I'm right there. He's like, daughter, I'm right there because, see, he wants to get you so prepared that when you get a position, you don't fall like others that have come before you. Or that you don't get over over influenced and overtaken by greed or pride, right? That you don't begin to forget God because, see, that was the thing that hurt God's heart the most about the children of Israel and in the Bible is they forgot him. He was the one who brought them out of the land of slavery. He was the one who delivered them with miracle signs and wonders. He was the one who, uh, you know, overcame um, those Egyptians that were pursuing them and the Egypt that they were delivered from that, or that they seen yesterday, they would see no more. He's the one who parted the Red Sea. He's the one who did all of the things he did for them. But when they got out of bondage, come on, 
when they got out of that place of obscurity, when they got out of that place of slavery and they were elevated to the promised land, they forgot God. So the process is necessary. Sometimes it does take time, years, decades, but it's all is not lost. God says all things work together. Well, the word of God says all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purposes. So it doesn't matter how long time, how much time has passed. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how unqualified you think you are. It doesn't matter about your history or your past mistakes. None of that matters. It doesn't matter who was in those positions in the moment. None of that matters to God. If he said it, it is so. And he's going to place you there. But he's not going to place you there until you're fully processed. So you got to have faith in the unknown. you got to allow God to complete the work in the place of obscurity. You know, in darkness, sometimes, you know, when you when you plant a seed, that seed has to get buried in, in the ground. And see, it's dark under there. But see, a lot of work begins to take place underneath the surface. My God. See, God's doing a work underneath the surface because that's the kind of God we serve. He doesn't he's not necessarily concerned with the outer. He told Samuel, see what humans are concerned with the outer appearance. But I look at the heart. So God does a work under the surface. So the process is the preparation of the work he's doing under the surface. So when you get to the place wherever he has predestined you, wherever he's ordained you, wherever he's calling you to, that you can reign, hallelujah, that you will reign in glory, that you will not fail, that you will not faint, that you will not be overtaken, that you will not be usurped because you have been prepared and you've had faith in the unknown. And see, that's why David was able to reign. Once he got to the place where he became king, the king of Israel, not just the king of Judah, because we know he was just the king of Judah for five years, because sometimes God gives you a little taste to make sure you're truly ready. So he was the king just of Judah, you know, and then he got to the place where he was able to fully reign as the king that God called him to be. So sometimes God, you know, it's like he'll, he'll, he'll give us some little by little. He'll give us a little more responsibility. He'll give us a little more influence. He'll give us a little more um, resources. He'll give us a little more access. He'll give us a little more grace. He'll give us a little more anointing because he's trying to make sure that, you know, that you're able to manage, you're able to maintain because God's intentions for you are good. His, his plans for you are for good and for a hope in the future, even though you may have to be in a place like like Babylon, maybe he had to exile you to an unknown place, but even there he told them to plant, to, to build houses, to marry off their children, and to pray for the prosperity of the land, because if the land prosper, they prosper. So it don't matter where you are. Wherever you are, God intends to prosper you. But what God's really doing is he's preparing you so when you become a wife that your, your marriage don't end up in divorce or you don't end up in separation or you don't or you don't just give up and throw in the towel the little bit, little slightest bit of opposition. Right. And even for people who have gotten divorced before, that's OK, because things happen. You know, every we don't always know why God allowed things to happen. Maybe that was just a part of God's plan for your life or what how it happened. But that doesn't mean that God is not going to redeem you. That doesn't mean that God still don't have a plan and a purpose for you that doesn't mean that you still can't get married and then you can become and get into this marriage and that you won't thrive and excel and be the wife that he always called you to be sometimes we get into things and we're immature we're not ready this is why it's so important to get in to get in the process because i know for me I thought I was ready to be a wife in 2018 when I got a whole marriage license and I was about to marry the guy that I was dating at the time. But I'm I'm telling you, as sure as my name is Janelle right now, you hear out of my own mouth. I was not ready. I thought I was ready. I thought I had what it took. I thought I had the, you know, all of the, 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 the information and all of the, you know, character and the virtue. But let me tell you one thing, sis. No, I did not. I would have got into that thing and it would have been whole destroyed before it would have even got started started because I was so full of pride. I was still independent. I did not want to submit. I did not know how to be quiet. I was nowhere meek and humble. None of that. So I would have got into that thing and it would have fell apart because I was not ready. God didn't allow it because God's intentions for us are good. 
He wants us to have these things. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you, you know, to, to, to be in that position. He wants you to be in purpose. He wants you to impact your community, impact your, your family, impact your nation, impact the world. He has that for you, but he also wants you to be prepared because so many of us have gone and had these same positions and then they were able to be influenced or they fail. And so God is saying he doesn't want us to repeat that cycle. So we have to learn how to have faith in the unknown, to trust the process, because he's doing a great work in you. And whatever, I have some baggage. Trust me. I have some baggage. I have a past. I have a history I'm not proud of. I've done some things. But God is saying that those things do not define you. And you don't have to keep carrying those things into your future. You can release those things today because some of us have been carrying the weight of bad decisions, the weight of heartache, the weight of disappointment, the weight of failed expectations, the weight, you know, of things that didn't go the way we thought, you know, the weight of divorce, the weight of, you know, some kind of, you know, trauma that we experienced, whatever it is God is saying. See, that's that's baggage and God don't want us to take baggage into our future he want us to give us logic luggage because what we need is in the luggage right see it's a difference between a bag and a luggage you see your bag can just be full of all kind of stuff but see your luggage is intentional you have the things in there you need like you're not gonna go on vacation without your luggage but you might forget your bag so God is like a part of the process and the reason why it's taking time because there are some things he got a, a route that you don't need to take to the place where he's taking you. See, even when the children of Israel went into the promised land, see, they started grumbling and complaining in the waiting in the process against Mo Moses. Like, dang, why you bring us out here? What you brought us out here to die? Why did you take us out of Egypt when we had melon and cantaloupe and fish? And see, they started talking about the baggage. They started reminiscing about the place of the place of bondage, the place of slavery, the place of trauma. And, and it was like, no, see, God had to change their appetite. So he had to send them through a wilderness and he had to become their source and rain down manna from heaven because he had to let them know that, yeah, what you used to eat in bondage is not necessary no more. I'm going to give you something new. I'm going to supply your needs. I'm going to make sure that you that you eat. I'm going to make sure your appetite is sustained. I'm going to give you everything you need. You don't have to keep remembering the things of the past. You don't have to keep dwelling on what happened to you. You don't have to keep dwelling on the hurt. Yes, it really Israel. Yes, it happened. God sees it and he's saying, I want to heal that. He wants to heal that because he wants you free. He wants you in the position prepared and he wants you free. And so having faith in the unknown is trusting the process that there are sometimes like I just got a revelation. Y'all, I got a revelation yesterday because I kept having reoccurring dreams of some things. And it was so strange and I kept wanting, I thought it meant one thing because of the nature of the dream. But when I, re, when I revealed the dreams I was having to a friend of mine yesterday, she gave me a whole nother revelation. She was like, no, no, no. I think that you keep having that dream because you, there's fear. There's fear and that's your psyche manifesting in your dream. And there's fear coming through. You're afraid because see the dream is, uh, it entails about being in a relationship or being married. And so in the dream with the person who I'm quote unquote married to in the dream is doing, they're doing the things that my ex did. So my ex did a lot of, um, things, you know, he, there was a lot of infidelity. There was a lot of unfaithfulness. There was a lot of breach of trust. Right. And there, I experienced a lot of pain and a lot of hurt and a lot of disappointment. And so I thought I was healed because you talking, I went to counseling for like almost two years after that relationship. And then beyond that, it's been a whole nother year over a year right so it's been time you're talking about some years since i've been in that relationship and in that space however there's obviously something still deeply rooted in me that i wasn't aware that was there because the moment she started speaking about this fear and she started breaking it down it resonated with me it hit my spirit and i knew immediately that was holy spirit speaking to her speaking through her because it started making sense because i was able to go back and look at the dreams and everything that was manifesting in the dream is something that i would be afraid to happen again 
So sometimes we really think we're ready and we may be on the cusp, but there's some fine tuning God is wanting to do. So you might be on the on the cusp, right? You might be on edge. You might be right. You know, like, so don't give up. Don't lose heart, right? Don't get discouraged. Don't get off course. Don't get distracted because you might be closer than you think. But see, before you completely cross over, God is going to do some refining. See, God had to do some refining in me and I didn't even know it because I didn't realize that I had that fear there. So now I had to have faith in the unknown, like, okay, well, Lord, I didn't know this was there, but I have faith and trust since you now revealed it to me. You want to bring healing to that so that when you do allow me to be stepped into my role as a wife, that I don't destroy my husband because I keep reflecting on him things that happened to me in my past. That's why God is saying he wants to he wants to uproot some of those 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 hidden things or those deep wounds, that deep hurt, that deep pain, that deep trauma. Sometimes we we don't know what's there. Sometimes we we have some suppressed it so much and we learn how to compartmentalize. You know, as women, we we learn how to, you know, just keep a smile on our face and keep going. Right. And, and we learn to not acknowledge what we really need and not be in and not be attentive to our emotional and, and physical needs. Some Sometimes because life don't give us that space. But God is creating that space for you today. He's saying, daughter, I'm creating space. And it's not because I'm delaying. It's not because I'm slow to act on your behalf. I, yes, I, I gave you that promise. Yes, I gave you that dream. Yes, I gave you that vision. Yes, I put that desire in your heart. But there are some things that I need to take care of in the right now before I totally allow you to walk into this promise, before I allow you to walk into this dream, before I allow you to walk into your purpose, before I allow you to go forward. I want to come and I want to uproot and I want to tie these last loose ends up so that you're completely whole so when you walk into your role that you can and you will do well you will wear your, wear your crown well, right? You will, you will be, you will be in position and you will do well, right? You won't have these little things, not to say that there won't be other things that may come up that you might have to, you know, cast down or resist or overcome, but these old things are no more. He told Israel, this, this Egypt, this Egypt that you see, you will see no more. So that trauma, that hurt, that disappointment, that filled expectation, you won't see it no more. If you have faith in the unknown and stand firm and allow God to complete the process, the good work. The Bible says the good work he begun in you, that he shall complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He started a good work in you. It don't always feel good. It don't always look good, but it's a good work because he's a good God. And he's a God who is faithful to his word. He is faithful to his promise. And he has every, every intention in his heart to do the very things that he has spoken to you. He's not, he's not delaying. He's withholding no good thing from you. He wants you to be prepared so the, so you don't just receive it, but that you're able to maintain it. It's, it's no good to receive abundance of wealth abundance of riches abundance of resources overnight if you don't have the mindset to manage and maintain it right it, it, it to get power to get influence you know whatever it is it will do you no good to receive that if you don't know how to manage and maintain it because god wants to be glorified through you and he wants to be glorified in you so he wants you to be encouraged. Be encouraged. Yes, some for some of us the wait has been long, but the wait is it's going to end soon. We can't allow the enemy to come and, and fill us with doubt, discouragement, and get us to abort it. See, because a lot of times the enemy wants us to abort the process. He wants us to, to, to give up and terminate it right when we're really was about to obtain it. Right when you were about to obtain the blessing, the enemy will try to come in like a flood. The enemy will try to come in like a flood and bring doubt, bring torment, you know, bring this thing, that thing to try to discourage you and get you to lose heart and get you to give up. But stand firm in your faith. Trust God. Trust God like you never trusted him before. If you have to encourage yourself like David, do so. 
If you have to, if you don't know the words to pray, if you just got to go and you just got to lay on your face, do so. If you just got to go into worship, do so. If you just got to praise, do so. If you just got to get into the word and just, just read the word all day, do so. Whatever you got to do to stand firm in faith, do that and, and see if God won't do all that he has promised you. And not because I said it, but because he said it. Amen. And so I just am so overjoyed with the word that the Lord has spoken today because I needed it. Okay. Because like I said, I am in the same boat. I am waiting and expecting God to move in some areas that I have been believing for for years. Okay. I have been believing for some things for four and five years and some even longer. So don't think it's just you. You're not by yourself, but we're in this together. and We are to help one another and encourage and uplift one another, you know, because together, you know, we can stand right united. We can stand. So I pray that it encouraged you. I pray that you got something from it, that the Lord was able to speak into you. Um, if so, let me know. Give me some hearts. Um, like, uh, subscribe, share, whatever you feel led to do. Um, but as always, it's a, it's an honor. It's a privilege to come before the Lord's daughters because he loves you. He loves you more than you could ever know. So much so that he sent little old me to come and to just give you a word of encouragement today to be in order to how to have faith in the unknown because he understands we're human he understands the way our mind works he understands that we have questions he understands that you know it's illogical and it doesn't make sense and our mind just wants to make sense out of some things he's not upset right but he's saying stay the course stay the course remain in faith stay in position wherever you are right now if you know the lord told you to be there no matter how long you've been there no matter you know how difficult it may seem no matter you know if you just feel like the lord is about to do something and or he's about to move on your behalf don't move ahead of god allow him to move you allow him to exalt you he will do it Amen. He will do it. Right. And then you will be able to rejoice and testify of the goodness of God. And so I'm excited. I'm looking forward to hearing testimonies. So please, please, please let me know uh, once God just do, does and performs his good will, his work and his promise in your life. Please contact me. You can contact me. Um, I will put my email and my website in the comments real quick. So you guys are able to reach out to me and let me know how God has been blessing you or how this word has blessed you. And I would love to hear from you guys because you guys encourage me every time you get on, every time you listen, every time you download, it encourages me. It helps me to keep going. It's not always easy to get up here. It may seem like it is, but it's not. It's not always easy. To get up here and to do the podcast every week um, because sometimes I be going through stuff. Sometimes I be discouraged. Sometimes life be happening, but I want to stay faithful, right? Just staying faithful to what God has called me to do and, and wanting to make sure that I can be a blessing to every woman that comes or every person that comes along and listens to the replay or comes into the live room because I know that we all are going through something. Like we're not, I'm not being tempted beyond what's known and common unto man, right? But in, in the midst of temptation, God provides a way of escape. Amen. So even if you feel like you're being tempted in this hour, he provides a way of escape. Even if you feel like you're being tormented, the God will lift that heavy spirit and he will give you a garment of, you know, a garment of praise. So whatever it is you need, God has it for you. It's available. You can get obtain it. You can go to God and get whatever you need and however you need him to to be your strength in your weakness, to stand firm in faith in the unknown. Don't hesitate to do so because it's going to be a matter of you occupying and you're possessing your promise or not. Amen. I'll repeat that again. Stay the course. Stay in position. Don't move ahead of God. Whatever you need to do for him to strengthen you in your weakness, for you to stand firm in faith, do it and don't hesitate. Whatever you need from him, ask him. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Ask him so he can give it to you because moving ahead of him or being in disobedience will be a matter of you occupying your promise or not. Amen.
Amen, Jonina. Thank you for rocking with me and riding out to the end of the podcast. I hope you were blessed. I pray the Lord's blessing upon you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he grant you his peace. And so I just love you all. And um, until we meet again, I want you to know that